You may be seated. Hallelujah. That praise and worship was absolutely amazing. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Woo. Oh, my. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. There's none like you, nothing like his presence. Amen. There's nothing like his presence. Glory to God. How y'all doing tonight? Yeah, a couple of you. Rest of you. Yeah. Rest of you. Are you bound with demons? Where are you? Here we go. All right, here we go. If you have your Bibles, open them up to 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Now listen, I want to say, I want you to really pay attention to what I'm teaching tonight. Now, there's some things that I'm going to talk about that's going to be kind of repetitive, all right? Now, it's not because I'm losing my memory. It's on purpose. A good teacher of the Word not only brings up new things, but goes back and refreshes and and brings up the other stuff to put you in remembrance again. Amen? 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Just one verse here. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Such a, such a, a short and a simple verse, but a powerful verse. Amen? We walk by faith and not by sight. I want to break this verse down in connection to divine healing, deliverance, miracles. All right? Now, the title of my message is this tonight. Walking and receiving by faith. Walking and receiving by faith. The problem many times in healing ministry is not that you don't know the scriptures that talk about healing or deliverance, but sometimes it's just a little tweak you need in the faith area and understanding what is faith. It's just some of the basics. Say basics. So this one verse reveals so much to us. It reveals that faith, listen to this, faith is totally separate and independent of sight or anything in the natural realm. You understand that? In other words, faith does not draw any strength. It does not draw any encouragement from anything, any facts in this natural realm. In fact, the natural realm will deceive you. It will discourage you. It will cut your faith off, in fact, from being active. It will cut your faith off from being a receiver, say receiver, of the promises of God. Have you noticed something? I've noticed this, and I bet you have too. Have you noticed that when demons come against our thought life, when the entire kingdom of darkness comes against us, they try to point us to, and they attack our thought life with facts in the natural. Come on, somebody. I've never had them come to me with a spiritual truth. It's always been, they've always tried to blow up or illuminate something from the natural realm. I'm talking about faith tonight. The only time they will bring a verse or a passage of Scripture up to us, now listen to me, is for this reason, to take it out of context, to twist it, to pervert it. You know, like Paul's thorn in the flesh. What's it, you're right? Uh, listen, I've talked to so many people who had an infirmity, and they, they said, well, Paul's thorn, bless God. I'm just going to praise God and bless God and thank Him for this thorn. Paul had one. Come on, somebody. By the way, Paul's thorn in the flesh was persecution. That's why he wasn't delivered from it, because there's no Scripture here that says we, can, we will ever be delivered from persecution. For the sake of the gospel. If it was a sickness or disease, you would have to take a whole bunch of scriptures out and rip them out. About healing. Are you following me? That's why you got to keep it, you got to rightfully divide the word of God. Are you following me and listening to me tonight? The only purpose the kingdom of darkness has when bringing up anything in connection to the word of God, again, is to twist it. They want to disconnect and condemn you with it. They want to disconnect your faith, and they want to condemn you with the Word of God. Has anybody ever found out you can take a Scripture and condemn somebody with it? 
Am I talking to anybody in here tonight? Faith is based solely on the word of God. Amen? The enemy is always trying to illuminate and blow up facts in the natural realm. They are trying to create, listen to me, they're trying to create a perverted and counterfeit version of faith. Do you want to know what we call that counterfeit? Fear. False evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. F-E-A-R. Many Christians get tripped up on this topic of faith because they're so filled with carnal and a fleshly mindset that they cannot comprehend what I'm about to share with you tonight. Are you ready for this? Are you going to comprehend this? Do you want to comprehend it? Or do you want to stay stuck in dead religion your whole life? I want to be a receiver from God. Amen? But these people, they haven't renewed their mind with the Word of God, and they haven't made that transition from a carnal mindset to a spiritual mindset. So let's start here. Fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. Now, there are facts in the natural realm. We know that, right? There are facts in the natural realm, but there is truth in the Word of God. There is a difference now. I'm telling you, many people, they'll just take this and throw it out because they can't comprehend it because they're too addicted to the natural realm. Your thought life determines which one you're going to allow to dominate your life. Either the facts in the natural realm or truth in the Word of God. All of God's blessings, according to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Listen, all of God's blessings and benefits are spiritual blessings. Look it up yourself right now. All of the blessings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessings. Say spiritual. Spiritual. All right. It doesn't say anything about in the natural realm. You understand? It's a spiritual blessing. Go with me to Hebrews 11.1. This is important now. Because when we pray for you tonight, I want you to get a hold of the answer. Amen? Amen. Because we're just wasting our time if we're just coming up here with a shotgun prayer and hope something hits. Come on. We're all wasting our time. We might as well be home sitting around a campfire tonight. Amen? Hebrews 11.1. Listen to this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Underline it. The evidence of things not seen. All right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. A consistency of hearing the Word of God. So then we know faith is spiritual. Faith is a spiritual thing. True faith can only be created on the inside of you by hearing the Word of God over and over and consistently. Amen? Why? Because you're giving the Holy Spirit something to work with in your heart, in your spirit. Amen? So I want you to notice the part of that definition of faith is evidence. Say evidence of things not seen. Now, this is a spiritual reality. I had a class at Ramah down in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it was called Spiritual Realities. All right? This is a spiritual reality here. So... This is what messes with so many Christians' thought process. Because we have been taught, are you ready? We have been taught that evidence is only something connected to the natural realm. Did did you catch that? We have been taught, when you hear the word evidence, what's the first thing you think of? Where? What? Did I see it? Did I hear something? Evidence. Say evidence. We have been taught that it's only connected to the natural realm. So immediately our mind goes to the natural realm. Amen? Now, and, and, so, and we always connect evidence with our five senses in the natural. I, like I said, many Christians are addicted to the natural realm. The only thing that will change that is reading, feeding on, and hearing the Word of God so faith can have access in your heart. All right? And again, it gives the Holy Spirit access to your heart. When you give the Word of God access to your heart, you give the author of the Word of God to your heart, which is the Holy Spirit. Amen? So here we go. 
Faith is evidence of things not seen. This messes with us automatically. Faith is evidence of things not seen? What does that even mean? Right? I mean, that just seems kind of like an oxymoron, right? Silent thunder, right? Evidence not seen, right? It's kind of strange. And fear, so faith is evidence of things not seen. And fear is false evidence appearing real. Now follow me. Ready for this? Fear is false evidence because truth in the word of God trumps the natural realm. I'm telling you, I'm convinced. It's not that you don't know healing scriptures. I think it's more of a thing that that we need just a little tweaking on the faith message. And understanding what faith is from a biblical perspective. We all know Jesus bore sins in his own body. I mean, we know this, right? By his stripes we were healed. We are healed. Amen. We know this. We know this. But you've got to understand this. Because the first, the first time when the enemy starts to, to play with your mind after the doctor gave you an evil report, what do you do? Automatically, you want to just start getting depressed. Why? Because your mind is focused on the natural realm. I'm, I'm speaking a spiritual truth to you right now. Many are not receiving healing because of that false evidence. They're, they're, they're given more place to that false evidence more than the truth of God's word. Now, so when you believe and exalt facts in the natural realm above the written word of God, are you ready for this? Get ready. You are filled with disorder. Mm. When you believe and exalt facts in the natural realm above God's promises, you are filling your life with disorder. You are agreeing with disorder in your life. And it cuts the flow of being a receiver. However, when you believe and exalt the word of God above the facts in the natural realm, here it is, you are connecting and plugging into God's divine order. When you plug into God's divine order, that's when miracles, signs, and wonders, and healings take place. Say divine order. That is why the word of God says in Hebrews eleven six that faith pleases God. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. Why? We must believe that he is. I love where it says, it just says, we must believe that he is. And it stops right there. When I read that, I was like, believe that he is. Believe And the Holy Spirit says, you're believing he is everything you need in life. He is my healer. He is my provider. Amen. He is the lifter of my head. Amen. Hallelujah. It is impossible to please God without faith. Listen, without faith, it's impossible to please him because you are disconnecting from God's divine order. You were never created not to have faith in him. You were not created to not trust him. You were created to trust him. You were created to have fellowship with him. You are activated. Listen, it's impossible to please God without faith because you're disconnected from his divine order. And you are activating that spiritual law in the wrong direction. It's a spiritual law. Faith is a spiritual law. You can use it for good and you can use it for evil. We need to. So when you're you're. Uh, using it for good, you're trusting and believing God. You're exalting the word of God. I don't care what my body says. The word of God says this. Now you're plugging into his divine order. Are you following me? Hallelujah. We want to make sure we're going in the right direction with that spiritual law. So that is why the enemy is always trying to get you to focus on the natural realm and not spiritual truth because the enemy is trying to cut you off from the flow of the anointing. He's trying to cut you off from the power of God. Why? He wants you and I dead. You understand that? He wants us dead. And when you don't trust God, you're agreeing with the enemy. And that slow death process begins. You understand sickness and disease is a manifestation of death. 
even, even a cold, even any kind of sickness or disease, it is death. It is a manifestation of death. Now, it might not kill you, but it's trying to take you down. Amen? Remember, the spiritual, you got to understand this now. Man, we're going deeper now. Here we go. Remember this. The spiritual realm existed before the natural realm. I'm talking about God's divine order. The, the spiritual realm existed before the natural realm. That is God's divine order. The natural realm was created from the spiritual realm. The natural realm is a snapshot of what's taking place behind the scenes, what you don't see in the spiritual realm. It's outside of our natural senses or sight. Amen? So when we are believing and exalting facts in the natural realm and only focusing and dealing with a sickness, a disease, or an infirmity, or an emotional bondage from a natural perspective, the Holy Spirit gave me a vision of this. It's like a dog chasing its tail. It never catches it. It never wins. Because you're only dealing with the fruit and not the root, which is spiritual. Oh, come on, somebody. You will ne- oh, you won't, you won't receive your healing just focusing on the natural realm. you got to focus and plant yourself in the Word of God. Amen? It's unprofitable to only deal with the natural realm because there is a spiritual root to every problem. Now go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Oh, we're cooking with grease now. All right. Here we go. I feel a nice flow. That, that praise and worship got a nice flow of the anointing going tonight. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you know, for a, for a minister, there can be times when it's hard to preach. When there's just no flow. You're pushing through. You're pushing through and you're thinking, man, I can't, I can't wait till I'm done and get to go home here. But no, there's a nice flow tonight. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6. 10 through 12. Listen to this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood or meaning we don't, we don't wrestle against anything in the natural realm. This is spiritual. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Amen? So, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Because we are, your fight, our fight, it's spiritual. Listen, even sickness and disease, it's a spiritual thing. And it demands a spiritual um, answer. Jesus provided it. Jesus provided it. Amen? So the blessings of healing and deliverance that you're seeking, this is a spiritual battle. And it says we are to fight the good fight of faith. Amen? So now we learn tonight then, if you take one thing away from you, we learn that faith is totally separate and independent of anything from the natural realm, right? Now here's the deal. Demons and the kingdom of darkness are terrified of a Christian that takes hold of that reality and begins to operate in it. They're trying to distract us. Again, the only time the enemy comes against you is with something in the natural realm. See, many Christians are afraid to truly step out and operate in faith because of past, you ready? past experiences that have let them down. You said, oh, I tried to believe for that before and it just didn't work. And they give up. And they just roll over. And they're a punching bag for the devil. Are you following me? Many, let me say it again. Many Christians are truly afraid to step out in faith because they're afraid they're going to look like fools to the world. Well, guess what? We are going to look like fools to the world when you're standing in faith. Are you hearing me? You are going to look like an idiot to them. Come on, somebody. We're a peculiar people. Amen? Demons in the kingdom of darkness, they're terrified when a Christian gets this revelation and starts connecting with God's divine order. Say divine order. Say it again, divine order. Anything that causes pain 
anything that causes death, anything that causes anything negative, ready for this? That reveals we as humans were never created to carry that thing. It was never in the will of God to carry it. You do realize this earth, we were meant to live on this earth forever, for eternity, until Adam and Eve messed it up. But, but isn't that mind-boggling? I, I often just walk around and think, wow, we're, this was supposed to be it. Think about that. That's quite mind-boggling, isn't it? But Jesus reversed the curse so we could live in the blessing on this earth. First Peter says it this way, that we can live according to the divine nature. We should not be suffering with the things the world suffers with. We should not be suffering with the things that the unsaved are suffering with. Are you hearing me? I know some of you are thinking, well, that's a pretty bold statement. Well, yes, it is. The Word of God says it. Why not stretch your faith a little bit more? I know you've had disappointments in the past. You know, someone, a loved one, a friend passed away or something. You had disappointments. But you know what? Back then... Is the, you, can't, you can't change that, but you can change now. And many times, if we would be honest with ourselves, there's probably something that happened in the past with someone, you, or something. Oh, I know, this is taboo to say. Maybe you didn't have the faith. Maybe that loved one that went away, maybe they didn't want to be healed. They wanted to go home to be with the Lord. I'm, I'm telling you, this is a taboo thing to say. I mean, this is taboo. I mean, talk about messing and meddling with people. But what, you know, could it be that we just didn't have this thing right at that time? But now we're learning. And now you can start again. Amen? Go with me to Romans chapter 4. That's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it? It is. I know when, when some people have, have, have died, and I've prayed right when I got the news, I'm praying, Lord, I pray their spirit would come back. Man, I'm praying heaven down, man. And, and all of a sudden, I feel in my heart, the Lord say, they don't want to come back. <laughs> okay, all right. And it kind of gave me a peace on the inside. Amen. They wouldn't want to come back. Would you? If you stepped in and Jesus was right before you and gave you a hug? Sorry, Jesus, I'm going to leave heaven. I'm going to go. Right? I mean, of course we want to say, of course mom or dad or husband and wife wanted to come back and see me, right? Yeah, I get it. I get it. All right. Romans 4, 19 through 22. Look at this. We're talking about faith. We're talking about being a receiver of God. Amen? Receiver of the promises. What I love about the Word of God, the Word of God is the Word of faith. This book, if you've got a problem with faith, you've got a problem with the Word of God. Because it's faith all throughout the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Look at this. And not being weak in faith, he, Abraham, did not consider his own body already dead since he was a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced, say fully convinced, convinced. that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. So Abraham, it says, was not weak in faith. So if he wasn't weak in faith, he was what? Strong in faith. It says that he did not consider. This is where we really got to take hold of this. Are you ready? Now listen, I know, listen, uh, you know who some of the the Christians who are the worst at taking hold of the faith message? The ones who always want sympathy. Oh, I'm meddling. They want to complain. My life stinks. Well, it will if you're going to stay in that pity party. Come on, somebody. Listen to this. It says that, because I'm here to help you tonight. Amen? It, it says that he didn't consider. Now, that word consider, you could use the word focus and you wouldn't do any injustice. It says he didn't consider or focus on the natural fact 
that his own body was a hundred years old. And he did not focus or consider on the fact that Sarah's womb was dead or barren. It was strong faith then to not focus on the facts in the natural realm. And he believed and exalted the promises of God. Why? Why, you know, why is that strong faith? Because God is not man that he should lie. His promises are true and you can count and build your entire life on it. I think a lot of times, a lot of us Christians, we, we, we've been burned by so many people that we put God in that same category as man. Well, God's just going to burn me too. No, you can put your whole life in his hands. Amen. He has good for you. By the way, let me ask you this. If God is the one given sickness and disease, would you feel safe around him? If you gave your child, you you know, (laughs) oh boy. God wants you to have sickness and disease as much as you want your children to. He doesn't. That's why you can put your faith and trust in him unwavering. Amen? Anything that's connected to, the, to sight or the five senses, anything in the natural realm that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God must be cast down. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. In other words, it must be cast down so the truth of God's word can be exalted and focused on in your thought life. What's filling your thought life? What's filling your thought life? Abraham willingly connected to God's divine order. And it released a miracle in him in Sarah's life. It was counted. Listen to this. Here's the Holy Ghost said this. It was counted to Abraham for righteousness to believe God. Right? It says that. And and the Holy Spirit said this. That's another way of saying that Abraham connected his life to God's divine order. Because we were created to trust him. Our life was never meant to be lived disconnected from our creator. So weak faith. So weak faith or no faith must mean that you are focusing and trusting what you're hearing and what you're seeing. What you're feeling in the natural realm more than God's promises. And that is disorder. Oh, man. God's order and disorder. God's order and disorder. So you must position yourself. I must position myself to be a receiver from God, to be a receiver of the benefits of salvation right here on this earth. See, in heaven, we don't need healing. Where do we need it? Right here, right now, in this life. All the provisions of salvation are for right here and right now. Amen? So if you need healing tonight, the first thing you need to do, are you ready? The first thing you need to do is disconnect your focus and thought life from the facts, the false evidence in the natural realm. That's the very first thing. If you can't do that, that's your homework. Are you following me? I'm not talking about, now listen to me, I'm not getting goofy on you. I'm not talking about denying that there's a problem. I'm not denying that there may be a sickness or a disease or an infirmity there. What I am saying is that you need to shift your focus off of the problem, off of the natural realm, and start focusing and meditating on the truth of God's Word and the benefits that are in the spirit realm. See, what faith is, is you're taking, faith is trusting, believing God, and you're taking the hand of faith, grabbing that benefit in the spirit, pulling it into the natural realm. That's what's going on there. Amen? So, and I'm telling you, if you will honestly do this, I, I just know by the Holy Ghost, you will notice a shift toward healing in your body. You will start to notice a shift in your body toward healing. You will start to see differences. It will start to manifest. 
All right. So you need to shift. Say shift. You need to shift and set your focus on things above and not on things on the earth, which includes sickness, disease, and evil reports. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Why would God tell us to have faith if it wasn't important? Why would God tell us? I mean, if it didn't matter, if we had no part to play in receiving from God, why would he tell us to trust him? Why would he tell us to believe his promises? Why would he warn us against unbelief? Why would he warn us against doubting? I'll tell you why. Because there are spiritual laws that God put into motion on this earth. And we are expected to activate these spiritual laws. Are you following me? Colossians 3, 1 and 2. I love this. This is so powerful right here. Listen to this now. Let it soak into your spirit. If then you were raised with Christ. Are you a Christian? Who's a Christian in here tonight? Praise God. Amen. Okay, then here's what you got to do. Seek those things which are above where Christ is. What are those things? The benefits of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The spiritual blessings in heavenly places. That's those things. Seek those things which are above where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God. What's the next thing, God? What do we do next? Give me something to do. Verse 2. Set your mind, your thought life, your focus on things above, not on things on the earth. I'm telling you right now, that one verse, that one verse, if you will do that, your life will take off like a rocket into outer space. So the word set, the word set means this, to lock in. Don't move from that thing. Say, I'm going to lock in. So set, lock your, your thought life in on things above. And I love what, remember the word says, on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Seek, set your thought life on things above because you're trying to pull the things in heaven, the spiritual blessings in Christ, down to earth. We need it on earth. Amen? So, and, and so not on things on the earth or things in the natural realm. Now, now I'm not saying don't, don't go to a doctor. I'm not saying that. Because, you know, God gave doctors too, right? We, when, if you get a sickness or a disease, we're going to try to attack that thing from every different angle. But here's what I will say. You better be led by the Holy Spirit on what you allow the doctor to do. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not telling you don't go to a doctor. Don't have to have doc, go to a doctor, have treatment, do what you got to do. Because we're trying, again, we're trying to attack sickness and disease from every angle. But don't let go of the spiritual aspect. Are you following me? And you better be led because there's been people who said, man, I... You know, yeah, I had cancer and, you know, the doctors were forcing me to do chemo, but I prayed and I just didn't have peace about it. I didn't have peace. Some did, some didn't. And some got a, some got a miracle. Come on, somebody. So all I'm saying is just be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? So lock your thought life. Focus on things above meaning the promises of God, everything that belongs to us in Christ. Because the spiritual realm affects what happens on the earth. Don't ever forget that. The entire spirit realm, we're going to go deeper now, the entire spirit realm is moved by and responds to your faith. And the natural realm is altered by what takes place in the spiritual realm. Can you see the flow chart there? Yes. God, that's God's divine order. That's God's divine order. Because the spirit realm was created before the natural realm. Again, I'm not losing my memory. I'm just reiterating things. Amen? 
So again, that's why demons attack our thought life. They're trying to get you to believe something. They are trying to shift your focus off what really matters. The promises in the Word of God. They're trying to get you to believe, here it is, false evidence in the natural realm above the Word of God. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, He is revealing evidence from the Word of God. He's trying to help you get that thing. He's trying to help you take hold of that promise. Amen? He is bringing the Word of God to your remembrance. So when the doctor gives you a bad report, demons want you to focus on that natural realm false evidence. Again, here's why it's false. Because It's false because truth, it's, it's a fact, but truth is the promises in the Word of God. See, here's what you got to understand. All the benefits through Christ, are there's a provision made for all of them. It's a provision. Say provision. It just doesn't happen automatically in your life. Salvation, you know. There's some people out there saying, well, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Well, everyone's saved then. No, they're not. You've got to have faith in Christ to be saved. Right? It's a provision that's there, but your faith taps into it for you to be saved. And the same is true with healing. The same is true with anything, any promise in the Word of God. Amen? The provision's there, but you've got to tap into it. Go with me to Mark chapter 11. I'm almost done here. Mark chapter 11, 20 through 24. Oh, I, I bet my congregation members are rolling their eyes right now because I'm always bringing this one up. <laughs> I love it. This, this is, a, I mean, this is a powerful, powerful passage. Just powerful. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Here we go. Listen to this. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Say roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Mm. So Jesus obviously spoke to this fig tree, right? He spoke words. Words are spiritual. And notice it went to the root, the root. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. That literally means in the original, have the God kind of faith. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> whatever you say, but you got to believe it without doubting. Notice that can be used for good or bad. That's why there's people in witchcraft that use this principle, this spiritual law, in the wrong sense. Are you following me? Listen. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. You believe when you pray that you received it before you see it in the natural. The first thing you need to know, again, that spoken words are a spiritual force. When you speak something in faith, it affects and shifts something in the natural realm. That's why demons are always trying to influence us to speak negative words. When they come against our thought life, listen to me, when, you, when they're coming against our thought life, that's not the end game. The end game is they're hoping they're influencing your thought life enough for you to speak and give them permission. Your words sign contracts in the spirit realm. Mm. They're always trying to influence them, uh, us. Your spoken words make contracts or cancels contracts in the spiritual realm with either the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of God. And listen to this. Are you ready for this? The Holy Spirit brought this to me. Casting out demons is canceling a contract. You're evicting that tenant in that house. Oh, think about that now. Casting out demons is a canceling a demonic contract. I like that. Man, I like that. That gets my deliverance minister blood flowing right there. Amen. Oh, the Holy Spirit said this. Forgiving a person 
cancels a contract with the kingdom of darkness. Getting rid of bitterness cancels a contract with the kingdom of darkness. See, your spoken words have the authority to release healing or to hinder it. Your spoken words have the power or the authority to kill a sickness or a disease or to feed it. Oh, come on, somebody. The key is that the words must be spoken in faith. Meaning this, are you ready? There is no doubting in your heart. You are focused and fully convinced on the promises of God. Even when you're casting demons out of people, when you make the command for the demons to come out, they must be spoken in faith, nothing doubting. (laughs) That's why they couldn't cast the demon out of that boy. Remember? Jesus said this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Jesus was ticked off at them because they didn't fast and pray. Come on, somebody. And they weren't able to cast that demon out. How do we know Jesus was angry? He said, you faithless generation. Come on, somebody. Evidently, fasting and praying increases your faith. So you can make a command to a demon spirit. And if you don't have faith, they're not going anywhere. That's why when you're, you're in, a, in a service and there's a deliverance minister and they're, they're boldly speaking, it, just, just the presence and the anointing on that minister causes demons to manifest because the demons are tormented. Why? Because they sense when a person has faith or not. Come on, somebody. Mm, mm, mm. Did you get that? So when you cast the devil out, you gotta be you gotta be convinced. You gotta have the faith to do it. All right? It must be a childlike faith. It must be a childlike trust. It must be a reliance on the finished work of Jesus Christ. Nothing doubting. A dynamic of faith is focusing on the correct thing. A dynamic of fear is focusing on the wrong thing. In Mark 11, Jesus revealed to us that we are to speak uh, to the mountain and to the problem in our life. Jesus told us to possess or have the God kind of faith. Here we go. We're going to go a little deeper. You ready? That means that God created everything by his spoken word. Does it not? And he set the spiritual laws into motion in that he shares. Oh, come on. Some of you are not going to receive this, but it's true anyways. He shares that creative power with mankind. Yeah, 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 yeah. He shares that creative power with mankind. That's why Jesus said, you shall say unto this mountain, if you don't doubt in your heart, it's going to do what it's going to do. Come on, somebody. When God created everything, listen to this. We're talking about faith, the God kind of faith now. Ready? When God created everything that you see, he had a vision of what he desired to create. He had a vision of what he wanted to create before he spoke the words. (laughs) He saw it on the inside before he spoke it into existence. Now, if Jesus said we are to have the God kind of faith, we need to do the same thing. See, you ever heard of the term idle words? Idle words is speaking something that you don't have a vision for. When we speak to the mountain, the problem, the sickness, or the disease, the infirmity, we need to focus, listen, and have a picture in our imagination of what we desire to happen by that prayer. That's why when you see us up here praying for people... I'm, 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 I'm in a zone. I'm focusing. That's why I ask, what's wrong? What do you need prayer for? And all of a sudden, I, just, I get a picture of what I, what I desire inside before I release that prayer. Hallelujah. Mm, someone's uh, faith is rising. I can feel it. That is part of the focus process. Your focus on God's word, listen, cuts the possibility of doubt entering the process. 
of doubt polluting the process. Oh, say doubt. You're not going to pollute me anymore. The very nature of doubt is is a lack of focus. The very nature, let me say it again. The very nature of doubting God is a lack of focus. Because doubt is an interruption of your belief of something you once had faith for. Unbelief means you didn't believe it. You never believed it. Uh, Doubt means you believed it, but now you're starting to teeter. Now you're giving place to a thought here. You're good because your focus is off. Now you're just looking at both things. Oh, I want to believe God, but this. I want to believe God, but this this hurts. (laughs) I want to believe God, but the doctor said this. Are you following me? Doubt can also be called double-mindedness. So it's impossible to be focused on something with double mindset. Focus is single mindset. Are you following me? And the book of James tells us that a double-minded person will receive what from the Lord? Nothing. That's it. That is the surprise. That is your gift. That is your present for having doubt. Nothing. Not even healing. Nothing. Again, doubt means you had faith for it, but now you you failed to keep your focus and you started to look at this other thing. And you're going back and forth. It's a ping pong match. Anybody like ping pong in here? Like I do? It's a ping pong match. No, take that ball and put it in your pocket. And be focused on the presence of God. Be focused on the word and the promises in the word. Amen? When you pray for yourself or someone else for anything, including healing, you must, here's, you ready for this? Here's some good instruction. Prayer team, listen up. You must slow down and take a moment to focus and clear your thought life and imagination and focus and create a picture on the inside. In your imagination, say imagination. This is not new age, people. God created the imagination and he created it to be used for holy purposes. New age hijacked it. Amen. Amen. So you need to slow down. All right. Just slow down and, and really stay it. You got, I like to say it this way. You got to stay in the zone, stay in the zone, stay in the anointing. And the way you do that is to stay. You keep your thought life focused before you pray. Go to Mark 3. I'm almost done here. Hang with me. Just this page. One more and I'm done. All right. Or or do you want to stay here all night? You want to do an all-nighter or what? I'll pull an all-nighter. You bet I will. Hallelujah. Mark 3. I'm trying to prepare you for the prayer time. I'm trying to equip you for you to minister to others too. Amen? Mark 3. 13 through 15. Let's take a look at here. See, most Christians, they don't think, they don't break it down this deep, do they? It's like, ah, just go pray the prayer of faith. Well, let's break down. What is the prayer of faith? What are the different dynamics of it? That helps, amen? Look at this. I'm sorry, uh, Mark 3, 13 and 15. And he, and he, Jesus, went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Then he, Jesus, appointed the twelve, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach, and to have power to heal sicknesses, and to cast out demons. All right, now, here's what I want to pull out. Are you ready for this? I want you to notice that Jesus gave the twelve power. Now, I looked that word up in the Greek, all right? And really, the better word for it would be authority. Say authority. Authority. So Jesus didn't give them power, but he gave them authority to heal sicknesses and diseases, right? Listen to me. Jesus gave them authority to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. But why? Because they didn't have the Holy Spirit yet. Because Jesus didn't go to the cross, he didn't die yet, and he wasn't resurrected yet. So the best Jesus could do was give them some authority. 
And authority alone was good enough to take care of those issues. Now, we as Christians on this side of the cross not only have delegated authority through Jesus, but we also have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. And if you've received the Holy Spirit baptism, you have the Holy Ghost upon you. You know, we kind of marvel at the, the 12 and the 70. Oh, wow, he sent them out with authority to heal sicknesses, cast out devils. Well, if you're a Holy Ghost, <laughs> if you're a Holy Ghost baptized Christian, you have authority and power. We should be doing a lot more than what they're doing. Are you following me? There should be no reason that we should be sick, broken, disgusted. Come on, somebody. So we have authority and power. Not only should we be doing what the 12 did, but as Jesus said, we should be doing greater works. We have the Holy Ghost. Say Holy Ghost. I want to end this message with one more passage and I'm out of here. Well, no, I'll pray for you. All right. But here, go to James 5. Too uh, too many of you clapped at that one or, or got too excited. All right, here we go. I forgive you. I break that contract with the enemy right now, okay? James 5, verse 13 through 8. I'm telling you, the Word of God is rich. But it's even richer when you allow the Holy Spirit to give you insight and revelation on it. Listen to this. Is anyone among you suffering? I love how simple and the the, the directions that the Bible has. It's so good. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Oh, now we, now we kind of perk up, right? Right? The other two? Eh. Now, is any of you sick? Well, we, let's pay attention, right? Okay, here we go. <laughs> Let him call for the elders of the church, or the leaders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will... It says will, not might. It says it will or shall in the, in the King James, yep. Will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. There's so much in here. Listen to this. There's just so much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. You know, we like to puff Elijah and all the prophets up. But it says right here, it's saying, hey, listen, he had the nature just like you. So in other words, you don't have an excuse to be lower than Elijah. Come on, somebody. Elijah had discipline. Amen. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Now, I want to point something out here. Because many would say, well, God told him to do that, right? Well, it doesn't say that, does it? It says he was a man just like us. And it says he prayed earnestly. It didn't say the Holy Ghost told him to do it. It didn't say God told him to do it. It says his prayers made it not rain. What's our excuse? What's our excuse for living like bums on this earth? (laughs) Think think about this. I'm going to say things that just kind of, you know, slap people in the face. I'm slapping myself in the face too. What are we doing, people? This is rich. This This is the Holy Ghost telling us you can live so much higher. You can do what Elijah did. Listen to this. And he prayed again. So two prayers. And the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. Now, I find it very interesting that the word of God separates instructions. For some reason, this jumped out to me when I read this, when I was writing this message. I find it very interesting that the word of God separates instructions for suffering and needing healing from sickness and disease. I find that really interesting. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. Are you ready for this? He said, the instructions are given to my people to get results, not to stay in a pit of despair. No, you don't. 
In other words, are you suffering? Let him pray. It doesn't mean just pray so you can stay suffering. He's trying to pull you out of the pit of suffering. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit revealed this. He said the instruction to pray during suffering is talking about a situation that's in that person's power or control to be delivered from a situation that has brought a hardship on them. And they need wisdom and they need strength to get out of it. That is why they are expected to pray themselves for that issue because their will is involved in the matter. Did you catch that? That is anybody suffering? Let him pray. Why? Because this is a personal issue. This is dependent on you obeying the Holy Ghost to pull you out of this pit that you got into from not listening to the Holy Ghost. Your will was involved. Mm. That's why it separates, is anybody suffering from, is any sick among you? Mm. I love it. Man, the Holy Ghost just unravels and the truth from truths from the Word of God. See, this is that. You know, this revelation, this is the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He's our teacher. Jesus said, I'm going away. But when the Holy Spirit comes, He's going to show you more things. He's going to tell you some more things. He's going to be your teacher. He taught me. And you have the same Holy Spirit. Think about that. Woo. I feel there is a spirit of wisdom and revelation flowing in here today. Listen to this. Now, then it goes on to say, is any among you sick? Let him or that person call for the elders or leader of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Okay. I mean, this is almost like easy by looking at a cookbook, you know, step-by-step directions. (laughs) This is great. And the prayer of faith will save the sick or heal the sick. You know what's interesting is? It uses the word save. Why? Because healing is included in salvation. Oh, I like that. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he had committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now, there's different avenues to receive healing, okay? There's um, laying on of hands. There's the prayer of faith. There's personal faith, you know. Uh, According to your faith, be unto you, Jesus said at one point. So there, And then there's the spiritual gift of healings. Then there's the gift of miracles. So God gave different spiritual avenues of healing. You understand? I'll teach on more of those in the future. But God has made several provisions or avenues for healing. But I want you to notice this. For this provision, are you ready? I want you to notice that the sick person's responsibility is to call for the elders or the leaders of the church. That is the sick person's act of faith in the matter. You notice the healing's dependent upon the elder's prayer of faith, not the sick person. Oh, so the, the, six, the sick person's action. Yeah, hi, uh, Pastor James, can you come over to my house? You, maybe, you know, board, the leaders, elders. Can you come over and, and pray for me? I've been really dealing with something. Sure. When do you want us to come over? There. You just put your faith into action. Are you following me? And then it says, let them, the leaders... Pray over him or that person, which means this. I bet you never thought of this before. The Holy Spirit said this. It says, let them pray over him. That sick person is supposed to let them pray over them. In other words, allow the people praying. Allow the elders to have free access to pray how they feel led to pray. (laughs) No hindrance to that prayer and no hindrance to anointing with oil. I heard a, a, a story from, from a family member before. He said, uh, well, this individual had cancer. And um, they called for the church to come over. Well, did they or a family member did? And the elder showed up and, 
And they said, well, we want to pray over you to be healed. And the person with cancer just kind of laughed at them. (laughs) You've got to take seriously the prayer of faith or else it won't work. Are you following me? So the responsibility of the elders is to pray the prayer of faith. By the way, there's different kinds of prayers in the word. So the prayer of faith means you're, it, it has to be a promise in the word of God. You can only pray the prayer of faith for something that's promised in the word of God. And according to this passage here, God puts healing in the category of a prayer of faith. So evidently God believes there's enough evidence in the word for you and I to pray the prayer of faith. Did you catch that? It's not a hope. It's a prayer of faith. All right? So, so the responsibility of the elders is to pray the prayer of faith, which means the elders or leaders of the church better be absolutely focused on that one thing at that moment. The, so I'm talking to the prayer team here, too, at Living Waters Chapel, okay? That you need to be focused on that one thing, that person that you're praying for. You need to be focused on them. The promises in the Word of God about healing and seeing that sick person healed. You've got you to gotta picture it on the inside, amen? And there needs to be unity among those leaders or prayer team members that pray over the sick. If not, listen to me. Are you ready for this? Say, i got to be honest. Here Now, here's what you got to do. Are you ready? There needs to be unity among the prayer team or leaders or elders who go and pray for someone. If there's not unity, those people need to be honest with themselves and others and sit that out for because they don't have faith for that thing. Is there any honest people out there? Because a lack of unity could cause a person their life. This is life and death situation here. Someone's got to be very on. They got to be very honest with themselves. Or if someone has an issue with someone on the prayer team or or, or whatever, and, and they say, well, you know, I, I just I feel like I'm going to be a hindrance. Bail out, bail out for that time until you get it right. Are you following me? Because that is true humility. Putting someone else's uh, benefit over your own. Are you hearing me? Now, um, now, verse 16, I promise I'm almost done. I'm, I'm right here. I'm, I'm just right here. This is the last. You see that? Facebook and YouTube. We're almost done. All right. Oh, they're eating popcorn watching online. They're good. They're on a couch. All right. Here we go. Now, so verse 16, look, look at verse 16. Oh, hallelujah. It says this, confess, it tucks this in here about healing. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. It just kind of, kind of just puts that right in the middle of there. Now, so verse 16 implies that action, that action is a part of the process of meeting with and praying over a sick person. A confessing of your trespasses to one another in combination with praying for each other. Um, mm, Listen to this. So all three of these things, when you pray for someone, all three of these things need to be in order. you, You have to be righteous. Say righteous. You have to be effective, say effective, and you have to be fervent. Right? Remember down, down on the bottom part of that passage, it talks about Elijah. It says he was righteous, he had an effective and a fervent prayer, and he got his answer. Amen? So if that is true, that means there, will, there may be times that the prayer of faith will not work because of a hidden sin in a person unwilling to confess it to God. Think about that. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or person avails much. The Holy Spirit is trying to get this point across. A confession of sins or a cleansing of the heart by the person being prayed for and the ones praying is required. 
See, if, if, if one of those things is missing, you're not going to get the answer to your prayer. If the righteous part is missing, you're blocked. If the effective part is missing, you're blocked. If the fervency part is missing. Do you know what the word fervent means, by the way? Passionate intensity. Passionate intensity. Pastor James, do you have to be so loud when you pray over people? I'm fervent, baby. I'm fervent. I'm fervent. Amen? That's just how I flow. And you know what? If I'm getting results, I'm going to continue to do it that way. Amen? Yeah. I mean, you can go have someone else pray for you, but, you know, listen, you're going to get an earful when you're by me. Amen? Now, (laughs) so the Holy Spirit is trying to get that point across. A confession of sins or a cleansing of the heart is needed. Amen? Uh, You might know how to pray. But a hidden sin is hindering the power of God from flowing from you. All right? Uh, we mu- so we must constantly be searching our heart for any and all hindrances from praying an effective and fervent Holy Spirit-filled prayer and all hindrance from being a receiver and a distributor of the anointing and power of God. All right, so the last instruction I want to give before we pray here, as we go into our time of prayer, right now, take a moment just to search your heart Cleanse it by confessing anything to the Lord that the Holy Spirit reveals to you. Amen? So when we pray for you, the anointing will flow unhindered and we will see results. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, maybe there's someone in this place you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. I don't want to end this service without giving you that opportunity. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come to this altar and we want to give you a new birthday, the new birth experience. Uh, if you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, we want to pray with you up at the altar as well. If you want the Holy Spirit baptism, we want to pray with you at the altar. Um, if, if you need prayer for anything, here's what we're going to do with the healing part of it now. Uh, we're going to, last time worked out perfect. Prayer team, I want you to come down here at, in front of the altar. And if you need prayer, just line up right on the side and go right through that little cubby hole there. Just wait for your turn, and we're going to pray for you right here. Um, what else? We're going to move the pulpit to over here. So when you get prayed for and you're done, just walk right down the steps over here. Father, I thank you for every person that came to this place. Holy Spirit, this service ain't over. I pray you would move in power for the people that we pray for. And Lord God, we believe for miracles, signs, and wonders. And Lord God, those who are done and they're leaving, I pray that you would bless them. I pray you would encamp them, their families, their vehicles with your holy angels. And Lord God, that you would give them encounters in your glory at their home and everywhere they go in their vehicles. Lord, that you would bless them in Jesus' name. All right, if you want prayer, line up. If you're done for the night, God bless you. Thanks for coming tonight. We'll see you next time.